in the 16th episode of Deming Speaks, Dr. Deming discusses the problem of doing your best and being fooled by figures. Now, after such a wonderful, glowing introduction, you probably expect something and uh, give me a problem. Tell me, uh, tell me your own thoughts. Uh, how are you doing? Let me uh, let's just have a little conversation. Uh, how are how are we doing? Not yourself. Got to get outside the board company. Think of the country. How's the country doing? Huh? What are your thoughts? Everything's all right, isn't it? There's plenty of breakfast out there. Maybe lunch. What's the, what is there to worry about? Are there any worries? Any concerns? Tell me. Is there any, are there any problems? What are your thoughts? Don't have any? Huh? I, what is it? A lot of problems? Well, a lot of problems. What, what kind are they? What do you think? What kind are they? Bad or good or bad or uh, severe? Uh, what, what do you have in mind? A lot of problems. Uh, what's the cause of the problems? What do you think? Or maybe there aren't any. Uh, what do you say? Severe competitive pressure. Competitive pressure. Well, why worry about that? <laughs> if you're worried about your competitor, you're not doing your job. How many how many man years are spent worrying about the competition? Better to, not to have any competition. Just get ahead. Don't worry about the competition. I remember what Alfred Pollitt said any day of his life. I worked with him 30 years on Madison Avenue with all the good companies on consumer research. He said any day of his life, Nothing can do you so much harm as a lousy competitor. Isn't that right? Nothing can do you so much harm as a lousy competitor. Be thankful if your competitor is good. Now, maybe you can be even better, and uh, both of you win. Well, we're getting started. A little bit of thought. Page one of uh, chapter one. Will best efforts bring improvement? Best efforts is our uh, our predicament. And they're telling me things are not good. Is that because some people are not doing their best? 
Are we in this predicament because some people are, are not doing their best? Is there anyone here that is not doing his best? Again, is there anyone here that is not doing his best? Let him stand. Okay. He broke the record. <laughs> I've been asking that for years. Nobody yet stood up. <laughs> I think our problem is that everybody's doing his best. Everybody's doing his best. That's our problem. Doing everybody doing his best without knowledge. Just doing his best. Without knowledge. That's our problem, as I see it. What do you think we ought to do? What are your, some of your thoughts about what to do? Where were we a few decades ago? After the war, as you find on page three, North America was the only part of the world, industrial, only part of the industrial world that could produce. The rest of the industrial world lay in ruins from the war. Only North America could produce anything worth taking away. The rest of the world came. They came. They bought whatever North America could produce. Willing Willing buyers, they came, they left gold. The gold flowed into Fort Knox. wonder what's happened to it. Things look good. Expanding market. It's easy, easy to manage a business in an expanding market. Things look good. I know some economists were worried that the good times would not continue. Most people thought the good times would continue. Why not? And they found it easy to manage a business. You could do well in an expanding market. Some people got the idea they were good managers. Thought they must be doing things right. Don't get fooled by figures. All the way through I'll keep warning anybody, don't be fooled by figures. Put your faith in theory, not in figures. You'll understand that better hour by hour as we go along. For example, you could make a list of a number of companies doing well with bad style of management. Doing well. Figures would show they're doing well. If you copied them, you, you wouldn't make it. They're just plain lucky. Some are not so lucky. Every once in a while, one of them goes in the headlines, bankrupt or having financial difficulties. Well, what's happened? What's happened? Things were so good. Were they good? And why was that? Just plain luck? 
or was it from good management? Why are we in trouble? This country has natural resources. Have we, have we been depending on them? Dependent on natural resources? Iron, iron, aluminum, coal, a lot of good things. We've been selling natural resources, exporting for dollars, iron, coal, Scrap metal, scrap metal, we cannot use it, all of it, so we export it. I was just thinking about this microphone that I'm using at the moment. The material that's in it probably came from this country, exported of scrap metal. How much is that raw material worth? This microphone. Think of this microphone. How about the material in it? Probably exported from this country. About one cent. About one cent. Any idea what this microphone cost? Ask your sound man. He'll tell you. Two thousand dollars. Maybe bought it for $1,800. That's what you call value added, isn't it? <laughs> so value added. You export the materials, buy them back in the form of a microphone for $2,000 or maybe $1,800. What does it take to be wealthy, to be an economic power? On page five, a remark from Richard Seabass. If you'll take at this moment, maybe out of place a little bit, might refer to it in a later chapter, but it appears on page five. Let's read it. From Richard Seabass. Dean of Engineering, University of Colorado, in a little paper that he wrote. Agricultural research in the United States began with the Hatch Act in 1887, following England's success at the Rothamsted Experimental Station, north of London, about 74 miles or 75, depending on how you, what you mean by London, <coughs> square mile of land. Sir John Russell gave a square mile of land in 1840 to the Ministry of Agriculture for experimental purposes. It turned out great work in agriculture and the classical work 
in uh, experimentation, how to lay out an experiment, replication, block designs, how to compute main effects, interactions, work of R.A. Fisher was done there to a large extent, William Cochran and others. Their work on experimental design and uh, inference from data will be classics for centuries, I'd predict. King Otto Rothenstead. Experiment stations and agricultural extension agents in the United States began their work. They carry on research and make recommendations on what seed to plant, in other words, what variety, and when, when to plant, how deep, spacing of rows, fertilization, effective rainfall, irrigation, when and how. They carry out research on fruit and on production of milk, meat, wool, a cow today gives three times as much milk as a cow did 40 years ago, three times as much. Advances in agriculture have been stupendous. You might think that there have been advances in manufacturing. There have been. I'd say advances in agriculture have been far greater. And in medicine, diagnosis even within the last five years rapid advances. In the year 1920, half the people of North America dug food out of the ground to feed themselves and the other half and to provide export. Today, fewer than two in a hundred, fewer than two in a hundred are engaged in agriculture. Well, how are we doing in agriculture? Well, we're doing well. How are we doing on exports? Exports been going like this. <clears throat> this is agriculture. Imports like this. Because about 1985, a few years ago, when imports overtook exports, I'm speaking of food. If someone remarked that if we had figures for illicit drugs, to put in the imports, the dollar value of imports would be greater than what you can show. We don't, we don't have figures for the illicit drugs. Will they ever learn? <coughs> when it comes to the rules of the funnel, they may refer back to this. 
We do have some figures about drugs. We do have some figures. I read in Harper's Index that the uh, average dollar value of drugs <coughs> caught at the border or inland after arrival per agent. This is for illicit drugs. Per agent, $174,000. Per dog on the job, three million six hundred and forty thousand times dollars. Thirty times as much. Solution. Obvious. <laughs> Hire more dog. Is it obvious? Hire more dog. Dog's easy to get along with. <laughs> Pat on the back. Appreciates it. So does anybody else. <laughs> you don't eat one square meal a day. Doesn't argue about his retirement. Let's go on, page six. Knowledge about agricultural practices has spread to developing countries. Let's skip a few lines. Farmers have always been quick to learn and to change. They've adopted without hesitation any labor-saving device or machinery. They've always practiced cooperation. Knowledge about agricultural practices has spread to developing countries. Yield has improved year by year in some of these countries, diminishing the demand for food from North America. Knowledge crosses borders without a visa. No such parallel exists between agriculture and industry. No such spread of knowledge from America to Japan took place and Dr. Deming went there in 1950 at their request to help Japanese industry with quality. What he taught in Japan did not exist in America. It still does not. He did not export to Japan American methods. Thank you for listening to the Deming Institute podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the 2018 25th Anniversary Conference in Manhattan Beach, California, go to www.deming.org and click on Events.